and welcome to this very special episode of the Magical Mothering Podcast, where we have our very first magical conversation with Monica Shepard. She is the organic naturopath and founder of the meditation and mental health course, The Connected Brain. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Of course. So um, I would love to hear about your journey as a magical mother raising intuitive, connected children and owning our shadows. Tell me about your story. Thank you. That's such a good question. And actually, I was just thinking about it driving today, how my life experiences have really shaped me for where I'm at right now. And it's a beautiful thing to reflect back on and go, hold on, I really was being led and prepared for what I'm experiencing right now in life. So I'm currently a single mother with a beautiful seven-year-old daughter who is delightful, intuitive, sensitive. And when I think back over the years to you know all the friendships I've had, all the people I've met, I feel like I've been prepared for where I'm at right now in life. And just being able to have that perspective of going, this is part of my journey and being grateful and knowing that I was prepared for it, it in itself is magical. Um, Yeah, it's really magical. And yeah. You really get introduced to the people that you need along your path, don't you? You really do. You really do. And I think back to, you know, some of the single mothers I'd known earlier in life or even some of the friends I had with kids and how that's really shaped me to where I'm at right now. And I'm grateful for that. One of my good friends at the moment, her eldest daughter is 15 and I knew her when she was a baby and the cutest baby in the world. And to be able to even watch a friend's child grow, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gift. And I hope that now I'm able to gift that to friends that I have as well. So it's this, it's this connection, right? Yeah, it's like the weaving of the village. We bring, we bring people mm-hmm. along for this ride. And that's really beautiful because then we bring in this support system and we've got people that really know us and our children and that brings in more trust and that's really what what makes it isn't it it really is it absolutely is people have this opinion especially of me being a naturopath at the moment I'm doing my master's in mental health and as you mentioned I have this beautiful course that I've developed to help people you know with their habits and to have a more connected brain and they ask me how do you do all of this and I'm like but I don't do all of it I have so much support and I have so many other mums who are also juggling and you know juggle those balls they're fun to juggle as well and it doesn't have to be perfect does it it's all about um yeah choosing which ball to juggle and which ball to let drop and let someone else catch something and you know it's not all it's not all a priority i really love that but such an important message and it's something you know i'm always reminding myself of it definitely does not have to when actually when my daughter was a toddler another mum said you know perfection can be just a waste of time 
And it took me time to understand that. But now I go, hold on, they're right. Like, as you get older, you go, I don't have the time for perfection. Exactly. <laughs> like, Not I've got all. so much I want to achieve. I don't have the time. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. it. And, yeah, I'm completely there with you. So you work a lot in the field of depression and anxiety with mental health. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Yeah. Yeah. So your depression and anxiety are common presentations, but... You know, you can see things like ADHD or even just stress yeah. and, and issues with sleep as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how do you see this has been a contributing factor in um, the mums that you know in your circles? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. I mean, there's a lot of contention about what depression and anxiety even are, even in 2021 we're still going hold on is there something to do with our brain is it something to do with our nervous system what we definitely do know is that you know our our diet and our lifestyle definitely impacts our mood and what we do know as well is that the behaviors and habits that we have every day also massively affect our mood and the biggest one being how do we deal with stress and let's face it motherhood does place a lot of demands on us and it can also be quite isolating yeah you know being at home with children yeah not everybody is lucky to have this village and a lot of mums are dealing with having to juggle all of those balls on their own and don't have somebody to pass them off on to so that can be really depleting and overwhelming and all of the things that of course add up onto the stress load and even leading on to that anxiety and depression load as well yeah absolutely so what's really gonna matter is the things that you're doing consistently so you know meditation i talk about a lot because it's just a way of you know allowing your creativity to come through allowing you to actually be able to hear the answers and solutions because often we ask a lot of questions in life and that's great and, and we're creating these problems but then we're not even allowing our brains to be able to hear the answer or to get really creative and try different solutions. Yeah, we were just talking about this when we had the chat on your Instagram channel the other week uh, about Mm. allowing the space for things to unfold. And like that's what meditation gifts us is that space to be able to hear our own inner voice. So how do you think that, we can create these habits when we've got so much on our plates as mothers. Yeah. So I often say to my clients, it's about streamlining and making things as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. So for example, with good nutrition, it requires a little bit of organization because the reality is I often say, if you're waiting till, you know, 6.37 o'clock at night to make a really good food decision when you're already starving, it's really difficult but if you, you know, you have some idea of what some meals in the week will be like mm-hmm. and you have, you know, some of your vegetables cut up or maybe you have a couple of lunches made and, you know, maybe you know what some of your really healthy takeaway options are in the area. You know we can get a good smoothie or, you know, a good veggie curry or something really substantial. Then you're streamlining that. You're not having to think about it as much. So 
it's it's streamlining those type of things like good nutrition essentially will prop you up so much and I think with meditation it really just needs to be a habit it's going it's something I do every morning a lot of people think of meditation as something to go to sleep with but ideally it's best done morning and a little bit at night so that we're enabling that creativity and then we're giving our minds time to process what's come through so it's it's just habit really streamlining what you can and have it it sounds simple it sounds boring (laughs) it's yeah yeah it's something that I and I know yeah is that I talk a lot of, um, to my clients about rhythm is create a rhythm for your day or like your morning re- routine or ritual and your evening ritual because you know like you were saying if you wait until the end of the day to do your meditation I fall asleep because I'm so wrecked by the time I'm hitting the pillow I'm going to sleep and so yeah meditation's a morning thing for me as well and it's all like that habit um if you can build it into your your rhythm, your daily rhythm and find a space for it, then it makes it so much easier, especially with the food. And have you ever like done the the theme? I think when things are really hectic here, when I've got lots of uni on and everything's all cramming in my head, theme night for dinner is like every week we have this on this night, this on this night, and we have different mm. night of the week, but it'll just be keeping it on theme for the days helps us to not have to make so many of those mental decisions. Yes, that's exactly right. How can I limit the amount of things I have to actually think about in a day, right? So that I have that brain space for, you know, more creative things or learning new skills. And, you know, when we talk about conditions like depression or anxiety, the biggest risk factor is long-term stress. Yeah. And, you know, I was looking at a statistic the other day going when it comes to mental illness and the emergency department, what do most people present with? And of course, the number one is still going to be psychotic substance abuse. But number two is anxiety related conditions Mm -hmm. caused by long term stress or, or acute stress. And I'm going, hold on. How serious is this issue of dealing with stress in our society? And when are we going to? come back to these basics I love the idea of a theme night you know it keeps some kind of routine but you're able to change that a little bit you know yeah as well so that you know it's not boring and yeah I I think that's amazing you can have just like stir fry as a theme and then change up what you put in the stir fry but it's the basics of veggies and something else you know you know just add them together and um yeah what I was going to lead you from that is that it's often that we leave it until we get to that burnout state we don't think mm-hmm. about our mental health our build-up of long-term stress all the anxieties all the little niggly bits that are all putting on the pressure we don't think about it until we're already burning out then we're like oh i'm drowning like i need to, to do something now so this prevention is so important to be able to start the rhythm start your habits do your your, your meal planning and your prepping and get it on before it becomes an issue of burnout Yeah, absolutely. So you've touched on such an important topic and that's like recognizing the signs and symptoms as early as we can. So, you know, if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, that's definitely time to do something then. Or if you're feeling like, oh, I'm not sleeping so well or my energy is really low, get help at those stages. Because if we wait until it snowballs, 
it's it's a whole different picture. And we know as naturopaths how many great tools we have to physically help the body adapt to stress. Like we literally have adaptogens that help us adapt. Like it's beautiful yeah, what nature has already given friends. us. <laughs> definitely our best friends, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. And for mums, I think a lot of mums would be like not sure what they could be taking when they're pregnant and breastfeeding, but there's so many adaptogens that are actually perfect for a mother at those stages of her life. Yeah, no, I completely agree. There's, like you said, nature, our mother nature is looking after us. She's really providing us exactly what we need. We just have to listen. And um, on this topic of meditation and motherhood, is there any tips that you have to help our kids create these habits of meditation? Because I know that I've had to come up with some creative ways to help my kids meditate because they say that I was just talking to my daughter about it today, how she finds just normal sitting down, meditation, listening, being still boring and she doesn't want to do it. So we've had to come up with some really creative ways that she can drop into her inner self and find her calm and her grounded state without it being too boring for her. Do you have any tips around that for mums with their kids? Yeah, that's a great question. And the thing is, Adults and children often do require different meditation techniques and styles. And the reason being is that when children are young, they're already in a state of being. And when we're older, we've lost a lot of that. And so the type of meditation we do is going to be really different and different to help us with our stage of consciousness. So children actually still do really well with guided meditation. Yeah. Where for an yeah. adult, a guided meditation is going to be very surface level. So it's not, it guided meditation can be beneficial for an adult, but it's not going to help them with, you know, the same level of consciousness that mm-hmm. different techniques do. So for children, we generally say one minute for how old they are. So a six-year-old child, six minutes, a seven-year-old child, seven minutes, and that is completely reasonable. You think how long that is for a child of that age to, to be doing anything, you know, that feels like a long time for them, Yeah. right? And so trying up different guided meditations and keep looking for ones that are that short are really, really important. Yeah. Um, and for children, once a day is really fine as well because like so they're still in that state of being and consciousness that you know we tend to lose in our society later on yeah so their, their needs are definitely going to be different around meditation to what an adult is so it's a really good point and you know it's finding that what the child will enjoy as well so we don't want to push them too much and make it an un- uncomfortable experience yeah and so for some children for them, you can definitely change it up. If they prefer the morning, that's fine. If they prefer nighttime, that's great. But the best way, of course, is to role model it as something that you do. And yeah. so even if this day or this week, they're not that keen on it, when they see over their childhood that this is something you have consistently done, they're much more likely to take it up themselves as an adult. 
That's exactly what I've found with my kids is that they'll often take themselves off and do a meditation out in the yard because that's what they see me doing is they see me walking down the back and finding a nice quiet spot in the yard and just tuning into nature. And I'm finding that they're doing these things, but not, and something that's really important to me in my parenting is to allow them the space to create their own passions and journeys so I learned that the hard way when they were a lot younger to like you can't push them you can't say okay it's meditation time we're going to be doing this now because our new children have got their own minds made up already they're on their own pathway so we can't really force them into doing anything that we think is best we've got to help them to navigate it on their own and so modeling has been something that's really been um, important for us Um, My daughter was just saying today that she finds it really, really soothing and calming to play with her slime and her kinetic sand and that really sensory textile with her hands and just that helps her to feel really, really calm. And so it's these out-of-the-box thinking that the kids are doing these things and we think, oh, she's just obsessed with slime and she's always making these concoctions and getting slime on everything but it's actually something that we need to allow space for because that's her way of tuning in to her in a sense of calm yeah that's beautiful and I like how you've said as well that you know it's not about forcing them but letting them come to their own conclusions but allowing that space and that opportunity as well. So, you know, it might be, hold on, we're not, we're going to have, you know, for families that have a lot of TV, it might be, we're going to have that off for a while and I'm going to meditate. And, you know, you can as well, if you choose to, if you choose to do slime, if you choose to do some, you know, mind mapping or, or coloring in, that's fine, but we're creating the space for this time right now. So definitely, that's, a, that's really beautiful at on point. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the same with nutrition. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say my mantra is when the sun goes down, it's time for quiet and slow. And so just don't care what you're doing as long as it's quiet and slow. And yeah, tell me about it. Um, with same with nutrition. Yeah, I I like that mantra. I'm gonna use that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, with nutrition, I find as well. You know, I have a lot of parents say I don't know how to get my child to eat. You know better or make better food choices and once again it's about offering this is the the variety or this is the choice of healthy food we've got tonight and we let them choose so you know it's on the table we've got our chickpeas we've got our spinach you know if you know they like rice that's fine to have something you know that they're going to eat and then you just allow them to you know not make a big deal about it but it becomes their choice it doesn't become so forced um completely agree that's my method as well is the share plates on the table and you can take what you want from there and you take your quantity that you wanted to eat and it's handing that control over to them which is really going to help them to feel empowered in their choices That's beautiful. So I feel like, you know, we're talking about magical mothering and I would like to hope that, you know, a lot of what we've said takes the pressure off a lot of women out there is I hope that they can look back on their lives and go, how have all the friendships I've made? How have all the experiences prepared me for where I'm at right now so that I'm actually quite capable of actually being divinely led in a lot of ways? And, you know, I don't have to be perfect and I can streamline things and I can actually give my children a lot of choice and space to be 
who they're meant to be. Choice and space for them is everything. And that's a part of this magical mothering journey is actually nurturing that within ourselves, giving ourselves space and trust to follow Mm. our own intuition because that's what we need to be able to allow our kids to do that. So, yeah, a lot of that being able to just lay all the food out on the table and let the kids make their own choices about what's on their plate can be really hard for us as mums to stop speaking and stop trying to force them to you know eat more veggies or have more of this or don't eat so much of that you know try and control their portion sizes where if we allow them to trust their bodies and what they need we've we've done our job we've provided the healthy food it's up to them to eat what they want from there that's beautiful I love that trust that level of trust yeah so yeah tell me Monica where can we find your course the connected brain yeah so there's a couple of ways there is a website that is the connected brain as well um but you can also find it on instagram so at the dot connected brain yep is where you can find the beautiful course um and so that's actually based on the one giant mind meditation teacher program which I'm really immersing myself in this year. And it will also have a lot of, you know, nuggets that come from being an naturopath and the mental health specialty as well. Beautiful. Um, and as far as the magical mothering journey, it is a journey. And, you know, I'm really grateful to meet beautiful people like yourself along the way. And me, you. It's been great to have you here. And um, thank you so much for joining me, for giving me your time tonight. Uh, I so look forward to, to hearing more about your, your pathway with the connected brain and bringing it all together. So thank you so much for coming with me tonight. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. That's okay.